And so a, a really easy way to check in. I close the eyes. And then I start with a body scan. So I go from top of the head to tip of the toes. And I go, this is tense, this is tense, this doesn't feel good, this feels good, and this feels fine. Um, and then I do an emotional body scan. So I go head to toe. I'm like, oh, there's, there's a lump in my throat here. There's emotional constriction here. I want to hunch my shoulders. Like I feel, I feel anxious in my belly. It's always where I feel. I feel nervous, dread, guilt in my belly. And then we come back and we do a thought scan. Welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. Join me, your host, Samantha Nagel, a certified integrative nutrition health coach, poet, witch, and work in progress for grounding meditations, inspiring interviews, and reflections about spirituality, holistic health, and the world around us. Join in every Thursday as we explore what empowered spirituality means to us in today's world. Welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast, the first episode of season two. I almost said one. That would be a lie. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to be here. And I'm starting off with a solo episode. So I'm so, so, so excited and nervous. Um, and this is my first time. I mean, I've been recording interviews, but this is my first time recording a video of just me to give to the world. Um, so yeah, uh, if you want to watch this interview, nope, just me. If you want to watch this episode, you can go to YouTube and go to the Empowered Spirituality YouTube channel and you can see me um, talk. <laughs> Very appealing offer, I know. Um, and on that note, you can also watch any of the interviews that are coming up this season, which is really exciting. I'm really excited to bring that option to everyone. Um, it is weird because I realize my face looks different than I can see in the Zoom because I have it mirrored um, and you don't see it mirrored. And I'm like, oh, is that what my face looks like? I had no idea my eyebrow went up so high. Um, so that's fun. <laughs> I learned something new about my face um, and how the world sees me. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to dive in to the first episode, a solo episode with me. I've been thinking I want to do more solo episodes this season, um, but and I have a lot of really amazing interviews that are already scheduled out till June, um, plus more that are like coming up in the next few weeks and months. Um, so I have a lot of, a lot of guests and it's so exciting. Um, when I took the break in October, I didn't want to think about it <laughs> for a couple months. And then December, end of December, I was like, I should start thinking about this again. So I thought about who I'd want to have on, what kind of topics I'd want to cover. And I made a list of people that I would really love to talk to. And I thought, there are some people on here that are not going to say yes. There's just no way. And some of them did not reply, <laughs> but a lot of them did. And a lot of them said yes. Um, and so I was like very surprised and very excited. Um, and also just super excited to bring them to you. So yeah, 
stay tuned this season. Some topics we're going to cover. Um, we're talking a lot about decolonizing this season, which is really exciting. We really only touched on it last season. And that's such a big thing to talk about, I mean, period. And also in the realm of health and spirituality. That's a huge thing to be focusing on and, and really important piece that I think was really lacking last season. So really excited for that. It's also been so much for me to unpack and learn, which has been a really exciting journey. Um, we talk a lot about cyclical health. You all know, probably, maybe, maybe you don't, that I've been on a cyclical health journey. Um, so we talk about cyclical living, cyclical health, living with a menstrual cycle slash moon cycle slash solar cycle, um, which we can get all into soon. Um, uh, we talk about a lot, a lot of magical stuff, self-care stuff. But we also have some other exciting things like being child-free, especially with religion. We have a lot of talking about leaving religion and what that's like. We have a lot of talk about community and belonging and the earth and nature, internalized capitalism. Um, yeah, just a lot of really, really fun stuff. So I'm just, I'm so excited. Um, in this episode, I've been thinking about what I wanted to start with for a long time. And actually, I was not going to record tonight. I was going to record next week. Um, but I just got done with a client and it was really, really fun. And I was just feeling like so jazzed up. We did, so I offer three month and six month packages. Um, and regardless, we always check in at the one and a half month mark. So the six week mark. Um, and check in about the intentions we set and how they're feeling like the coaching is going and how they're feeling and what they want to focus on, what they want to focus less on. Um, and so we just did someone's, we, I just did someone's uh, six week check-in for one of my programs. Uh, and I just got so excited and had so much to think about. And then I also did my own updated treatment plan yesterday in therapy. Um, and I had made a lot of progress and like a lot of really huge shifts in how I was thinking and how I was feeling and how I was acting, especially towards myself. And so I was just, I'm like kind of riding that high of feeling really excited for myself and for other people. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of bring that amped up energy before I lose it. <laughs> Next week is my inner winter. So I thought, why not just take advantage of this high that I'm on? Um, and so little, little heads up, two days ago was my birthday. So this comes out on March 3rd. My birthday was March 1st. So I'm writing the pre-high of it being my birthday because I actually love my birthday. Um, so yeah, enough chit-chat about me. Um, let's get back to me because <laughs> I'm going to be the one talking. Um, yeah, I have a lot of things I want to talk about. So I'm, I might jump all over the place, but I hope it all it all wraps up together in a bow at the end. So I think first, I want to talk about cyclical living. Um, there is going to be a, quite a few episodes that cover this, um, or not cover it, but just go into what that looks like for 
some people and maybe we'll have advice on how you can live a little bit more cyclically, cyclically. Um, it doesn't sound like it's right, but I think that is right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I've told everyone this, but I stopped my birth control in May of 2021 and wanted to embark on a cyclical path. Um, at the time I was working with one of my previous mentors, Ellen Gilbert. Um, and at the same time, I was also discovering the work of Maisie Hill. And so those two people really inspired me to go on my cyclical journey. Um, <clears throat> and the, the process of getting off the pill was rough. <laughs> um, the actual week was, was really rough. Um, and then it, it, it's been up and down ever since, or it, now it's, it's more stable, but it's taken, what is that like not 10 months? It's taken maybe nine months to really feel like it regulated a lot. Um, yeah, it's been really exciting. And I've had such a connection to my menstrual cycle and I have never experienced that before. I actually read or was like seeking out period power because I had heard about it in an episode of I Way, uh, like at the beginning of 2021, maybe. That sounds right. And I was like so pumped to do it. And I was like, oh, this is my spring. This is my summer, whatever. And then I told my mentor, Ellen, and she was like, oh yeah, but also like you're on the pill. So it might not really apply to you as much. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and that's when I really started learning about birth control. And I'm not anti-birth control, not at all. You can still work with your cyclical nature and birth control can be a really, really empowering option. So I just wanna say that um, for me, it wasn't an empowering option anymore. So um, I started working with unpacking that. It took me like five months because I started looking at that in January took me five months, but I um, also had really great experiences of advocating for myself because um, I went on the pill because I thought it was more natural, um, which is actually something that the pill uses as like a marketing thing, that it's more natural because you have your period, but it's not true. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't remember what I was, where I was going with that. Um, this is the beauty of um, just recording by myself. I remembered. Um, I, yeah, I requested to be on the pill and my doctor was just like, here you go. Here's, here's a, a thing and for the pill. And I remember being like, well, are we going to talk about it? Like, are we going to talk about which one and like, what would be best for my body? And she was like, no. <laughs> this is what's going to be best. I remember being like, hmm, okay. Uh, thinking it was like a little strange and that I didn't love that, but also being like, okay, I guess that's just the way it is. And so I scheduled a follow-up appointment about a month after that. And I was like, you're going to tell me everything about this. <laughs> um, and I had been on the pill for 10 years at that point, like not just the pill, but other hormonal um, birth controls, but I had never not been on it. And I never really knew any of this about it. And so I was like, you're going to tell me exactly what's going on in my body. And they didn't like that. I just scheduled an appointment to talk. And guess what? My insurance ended up not covering it, which was a fun surprise because I did not know that. Um, but I felt really empowered by that health decision. So that was really cool. Um, 
yeah, and then I started uh, tracking my cycle. I was taking my temperature every day, or I am taking my temperature every day. I chart it in, I was charting in natural cycles. Now I just use my own Excel sheet because I figured out it's not that hard. <laughs> um, but I, I would recommend maybe if you want to go that route, using something like natural cycles, you do have to pay for it. But that also means they don't sell your data, which is really great. Um, and also like shouldn't be great. Like that should be the norm. <laughs> um, but it also, it would like tell me how to read it. And there was an algorithm that would help me um, know what the spike in temperature meant, what the drop in temperature meant. And I also started taking, peeing on, on the LH sticks um, to figure out when I was ovulating. And it was so exciting to see my temperature doing what it was like, what I heard it would do. It was very, very cool. Tracking every day what I was feeling and experiencing. Uh, yeah, so it was really exciting. Um, but yeah, uh, I would say if you want to start your cycle journey and you're not sure where to start, um, I would say just keep track of how you feel every day. Um, that's advice that one of my favorite people, Kristen Ciccolini, recommends just writing a word or two every day um, for how you feel and what day of your cycle you're on. And so now I want to talk about what that looks like if you don't have a menstrual cycle. Um, if you're someone who feels drawn to that monthly cycle or like maybe you don't have a menstrual cycle, but you feel disconnected from that part of you that not like you're like, oh, I want to have my period, but you want to experience that kind of menstrual monthly cycle. The moon is such a beautiful way to do this. And I've actually shared that was my introduction into witchiness and spirituality was the moon. And what's super beautiful is that the phases of the moon correlate with the phases of the cycle. So if you're thinking about menstruation as a time to set intentions and go within, um, that's also exactly what the new moon is. Our inner spring, our energy and our hormones are rising, especially our estrogen. When the moon is going from new moon to first quarter, it's building. Um, our energy might be building with it. Um, we've set our intentions at the new moon and we're maybe starting to think about how we can put those in action and making steps. Um, and then we reach the full moon. It's a very social time. Sometimes it's energizing. Uh, and we can also look at all that we've accomplished. Same with ovulation, uh, same with summertime as well. Um, and then as the moon wanes, I always get those words mixed up, but goes down again, um, that also correlates to our inner autumn, our luteal phase, or as you may know it, your premenstrual phase. Um, our energy is beginning to uh, wane and slow down, and maybe we're just tying up loose ends so that we can feel that we've made some progress on those intentions we set at the new moon or in menstruation. And then the cycle starts all over again. Um, and I think it's um, such a cool way to practice mindfulness because oh, I'm someone who's so attached to things and having things be a certain way. And if something feels good, I want it to be that way forever. I have a hard time appreciating every phase or every, every step of the path, right? And, and that's how life is too. I know that 
for my whole life almost, as long as I can remember. I've always been really attached to, or like had a hard time with having good things happen because I would feel so sad afterwards because I didn't know when that thing would ever happen again. Or I would think that like it might, like I'm never gonna feel that good again. And then I started getting sad before good things would happen because I know it's just gonna be over anyway. And I still struggle with that at times. Um, especially when I'm in a good moment, I get so sad because I'm like, this is going to end soon. Um, but I feel like working with my monthly cycles, especially, um, has really helped me because I know ovulation is going to come around really soon. Or I know that there is beauty in my inner autumn um, that wasn't available to me in my inner summer. Um, so that's really, really cool. And I feel like it's helped me be more mindful and more accepting of the ebbs and flows of life. I was saying to someone that I felt like I was in a transition phase. But then I was reflecting and being like, when have I not felt that way? <laughs> when have I not been able to tell someone I think I'm in a transition phase? And I don't know if someone said this to me or if I heard like a podcast or a video or something. I really don't remember. But they said, everyone is always in a transition phase. You're always transitioning from one thing to the next. You're never not in a transitioning phase. And at first I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that one bit. Um, but now it feels like really good um, and like feels really true in my body. Um, yeah, like kind of exciting too of like, oh, well, I'm always transitioning. And also, yeah, it's kind of sad when good things end. But also that gives me so much more hope that when things feel bad, when I feel low energy, when I feel really anxious, I know it's not going to last forever. In fact, today I was really anxious, like really, really anxious. Um, I almost canceled my client session because I was so anxious. And just an hour and a half later, I feel so good and so vibrant. And I think that is such a nice reminder too, that like, two hours ago, I did not feel a possibility where I didn't feel anxious. And then two hours later, I don't feel anxious anymore. And I think I used to really hold on to this, the feeling where, oh, I'm finally not anxious. Thank God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold on to this so tightly. And it's like holding on to sand as I know that metaphor is used a lot, but when we squeeze sand, it just comes out. But if we're able to cup it and hold it, uh, it's gonna like, maybe slip through your fingers a little bit, but it's going to mostly be there and you're going to be able to hold on to it and cherish it. And I think that's what I've been able to do with the spaces where I don't feel anxious. I'm able to sit in them and feel safe in them. Huge, huge for my mental health, huge for my daily life, but then also huge for my trust, my trust in myself and in the universe and in the cycles. I know everything comes back around. And so now I'm going to transition to talking about the solar cycles. This is often not talked about. And I think I may have learned this on Kristen Ciccolini's podcast. And then it was reaffirmed to me the more I'm learning about Ayurveda, uh, which is something I've been incorporating a lot of in my coaching, which is really cool, um, which is that we have um, a solar cycle. Obviously, the sun comes up and then it's 
at peak and then it starts to set and then it goes away completely, but it always comes back. Uh, knock on wood. <laughs> Just kidding. It's always going to come back probably. Um, and so in Ayurveda, they really emphasize rising with the sun and then about like, like 6 to 10 a.m. being the time where you're kind of waking up, doing your morning routine or ritual, nourishing yourself, moving, getting into it. And then if you do start work at eight, being like starting with your slow, like working up to working hard. Um, and then from 10 to two, when the sun's at its peak, um, you know, doing more high intensity work and doing more challenging work and maybe meeting with more people. And why am I centering this around work? Mm-hmm. Capitalism. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Um, or like having lots of friends come over and seeing people and then starting to wind down from 2 to 6 p.m., doing more creative tasks, allowing yourself to kind of rest and settle down, da- not settle down, but like move out of go, 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 go. And then from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., resting and winding down for the day. And then those cycles uh, repeat at night as well. But I try and not even be aware of those because I try and be sleeping. (laughs) Um, So I already knew that, but I think Kristen said this in her podcast, uh, The Lunar Body, which is so good, um, that men or biological males' hormones go with the sun as well. So they have a 24-hour cycle where we have a 28 day, <laughs> 28 week, and I was like, it's a little long, 28 day cycle. And so that if, if you're someone who doesn't cycle with the moon, um, and you're someone who has a male body or a, a assigned male at body, assigned male at birth body, um, you might focus more on, on cycling with the sun. Or if you just don't have a menstrual cycle, you might focus more on the sun, whatever feels good. And you can also overlap these too right? So I can be in my inner winter, which means my highs of the noon time are not going to be as big, but they are going to be bigger than down here. I know this is hard if you can't see me. Um, But then if I am in my inner summer, my highs are going to be able to be all the way up here. And then my lows are going to be like around here where maybe my high was in my inner winter. And so you can have cycles within cycles, which is so exciting. I actually want to switch topics. <laughs> that was me turning the steering wheel. I'm doing a U-turn. Maybe not a U-turn, maybe like a 90 degree turn. Because um, um, I didn't want to talk this much about <laughs> cyclical living as I did. Um, so yeah, you'll hear more about that if you're interested in it. Just you wait. Um, I want to talk about our bodies and how they really need to be incorporated into our healing journeys, if that's what you want to call it, or our transformational work or our integration. And that's something I've seen with myself. Well, it's something research has proven too. I'm not the only one to say this or think this or see this. Um, um, but I see it in my clients too, which is, I was just telling my client today, it's, it's, she was saying something like, it really helps for you to remind me to get back in my body. And I was like, it helps me to remind you that too. <laughs> Cause then I'm like, oh yeah, that actually really helps. <laughs> um, so it's, it's good for me too. 
Um, but we live in a very mind-centered world, especially in the Western world. Um, and that's really all I can speak of, right? It's where I've lived my whole life. But I think a lot of people tend to really live in their head. So that means a lot of overthinking and a lot of overanalyzing. And the downside of that, and sometimes we need that. We need critical thinking. It's very important, very helpful at times. And we need to plan and we need to think things out and work things out in our mind. But there is a limit to what the mind can do, right? And I think a lot of us have felt that especially those who have been in therapy for a lot, like traditional talk therapy. Not that it's not helpful and I still need it. Um, I think we hit a wall sometimes. We've talked about the trauma or just the issue or the pain point so many times or what we want so many times. And it's just like talking about it all of a sudden has lost its, the immense power that it had when you were first learning to talk about those things. And I think that is a beautiful time to, not just then, but that can be a good cue to start tapping into the body and using the body's wisdom. And that can help a lot of the information that we learned and intellectualized really integrate into our whole selves. And I, I was actually thinking about this this morning. That's hard. <laughs> um, I feel like I could intellectually know my body, my lower body, my torso, my legs, my pelvic area, my feet, my arms and, and uh, hands, um, fingers were a part of me, but I like didn't know that. Like, it's like when, when someone tells you the universe doesn't have an end, you're like, I know that, but like, mm, I don't know that because that's hard to understand. That's how I feel about having a body. And I've recently been, not recently, maybe the last six months, been inhabiting my body more. Um, and now I was rubbing my legs. I was feeling anxious. And instead of, I just journaled about it for like five minutes. And then I, I hit my limit about writing about it. And in the past, I would have been really frustrated about that or like pushed through it and then felt irritated and uncomfortable. And then I realized I needed to work on it on other levels, like energetic, emotional, and physical. So I started rubbing my legs first to kind of like disperse that energy. I rub my stomach, my arms, my neck, my chest, and uh, recently I've been rubbing like my womb pelvic area as well, because that's a part I feel often disconnected from. And I remember I had a feeling when I was rubbing my legs, like, yeah, I am rubbing my legs and these legs are part of me. And it was such a simple, like, yeah, duh, thought, but it was really beautiful that I was able to say, oh yeah, these are my legs. Um, and I think, I think when we start that journey, we get frustrated maybe because we assume we should be there already. We assume it goes from just living in your head to, oh, now I am living in my body, but it takes consistent small steps to living in your body and inhabiting your whole body. Um, and something I've been seeing in, I think, almost every client recently um, is that they've been feeling pressure in their head, um, especially when overthinking, but maybe just in general. And it, like they can feel the tension in their head. And so something we've been working on is taking that energy 
and moving it down through the body. So dispersing it, bringing it down to all the other parts. And that, that way we can have a flow of energy. We can have more balance. Um, and that's kind of like, how, do you, how the fuck do you do that? <laughs> um, but yeah, it like takes a lot of small actions. Um, I think this is a 12-step quote, but uh, Gabby Bernstein also says it a lot. And I think she's in 12-step. Um, she says, the next, focus on the next small right action. And that's, that's really all it is for anything. So that's, that's that. <laughs> um, I want to talk about, that being said, um, developing a relationship of consent with the body and with yourself. Um, this kind of came to mind when I started working with a client who found that she was watching a lot of TV at night. And this is actually a theme that I've noticed, which is really interesting. And in myself, I actually don't think I would have <clears throat> looked at it in my own life as deeply had she not brought it up to me, which is so, so awesome. Um, but they were saying, it's like, they sit down and they're like, oh yeah, one episode will feel so good. I deserve it. I need this little break after my long day. And then all of a sudden it's like, at some point they've numbed out and they're just watching episode after episode and it doesn't feel good anymore. They walk away feeling worse than when they started and it even impacts the rest of their day or even the next day. Excuse me. Um, and that's when I started thinking about asking yourself for consent because in doing that, you're making a decision. I'm gonna watch this episode. And then you're, not, you're no longer making decisions about what you're doing. You're letting the TV decide. You're not being empowered, not in a shamey way at all, but you're not in a place of empowerment or presence or, or embodiment or consent. Uh, and so that's when I started thinking about it. And then so I'm working with Marley Liss, who was on season one. She's so awesome. I'm in her Sensual Wholeness Academy that she mentioned, I think. It's so, so beautiful. And I would highly recommend it to anyone who's thinking about it or wants a program like that um, of getting into the body and focusing on sensuality and pleasure. So, so good. Um, where was I going though? And she mentioned consent at some point, like giving yourself consent when engaging with trigger warnings or something. Um, and then I was like, oh, so this is a thing. Asking yourself for consent is a thing. It is important. Okay. I'm not just making this up. And so after that, after that was kind of confirmed to me through Marley slash the universe, because that's how it works, baby. Um, I started integrating that more with myself and then integrating it with my clients as well. And so I'm going to lead us through something. If you're driving or something, don't do this. Um, you can just hear how I'm doing it and then maybe do it for yourself later. And so a, a really easy way to check in, and there are multiple ways, so if this doesn't work for you, that is okay, to close the eyes. And then I start with a body scan. So I go from top of the head to tip of the toes. And I go, this is tense, this is tense, this doesn't feel good, this feels good, and this feels fine. I don't feel that. Um, I feel too much here. There's just a lot of energy here. It doesn't hurt or anything. And I do that through my body. 
Um, and then I do an emotional body scan. So I go head to toe. I'm like, oh, there's, there's a lump in my throat here. There's emotional constriction here. I want to hunch my shoulders in my heart space. My jaw's clenched, but like in an angry way. Um, like I feel, I feel anxious in my belly. It's always where I feel. I feel nervous, dread, guilt in my belly or whatever. And then we come back and we do a thought scan. And so if, if, if this is too long, that's fine. Doing a thought scan. What are my thoughts doing? How fast are they coming in? Are they like this quick, quick, quick? Or are they like, it's kind of a fight to get to them somewhere in the middle. And what's the quality, like what's going on up there, right? Is it ruminating over one thing? I did something wrong. I did something wrong. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Is it scattered? Is it like this and this and this and this and this? And blah, blah, blah. Um, or like, what's going on? What's going on up there? And then being like, okay, that's all going on in me right now. Um, and from that place, you can say, what do I need? You can also ask the body sometimes. If I feel a lot of anxiousness in my belly, I'll put my hands on my belly and be like, what do you need? And sometimes, maybe especially at first, you're going to be like, hello, I don't hear anything. But it, you might surprise yourself that you'll hear something or you'll have a thought that's instant. And that's it, baby. <laughs> um, that's what you need to do. That's what you your body's asking for. Um, or you can use that and be like, do I want to watch another episode or not? As I began the journey of shifting my career to a job that aligned with my values and beliefs, having an education in health coaching has been transformational. Through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, you can become a certified health coach to empower your relationship with food, health, and wellness, live your dreams, earn while you learn, and embark on a new path. Join the global community of like-minded change agents who are here to empower, inspire, and motivate you to create the life you've always dreamed of by clicking the link in the show notes. And by doing so, you'll receive $2,000 off tuition when you pay in full or $1,500 off tuition if you choose the payment plan option. Or you can mention my name, Samantha Nagel, spelled N-A-G-E-L. Discover how to take a holistic and nourishing approach to health and wellness today. And sometimes it's like, no. And sometimes it's like, yeah, that would actually be really fun. <clears throat> what I like, it's hard to talk. Like, just me. Um, I don't really do a lot of talking in interviews, so this is hard on my voice. Um, and the beauty about that is you can decide to keep watching TV, right? You're not saying like mm, only one episode a night or I'm not going to watch TV for a week. You're saying I may watch three hours of TV every night still, but I'm going to be an active participant because I got my consent first. 
wow. Oftentimes, you're going to notice that what feels good isn't watching three hours of TV. My threshold is like two short episodes, one long episode. That's probably my, my limit. But then I also notice like, I'm like, I really want to keep watching this show because it's really good. But I'm starting to get like tense and like stressed. Um, so I need to just take a break, like a five minute break, a 20 minute break, an hour break. And then I'm going to come back and watch two more episodes or one more episode. Um, so it's just, it's like being an active participant. And then I enjoy that show so much more. Um, this is a little tangent, but one of my favorite shows is Dollface on Hulu. I watched season one so many times in 2019 and then in 2020. 2021, I died out a little bit. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's enough Dollface for now. Um, and season two came out and I was so excited. Um, and I, what I would have done in the past is watch it all in one or two days. And it's been out since like for three weeks and I haven't finished it yet. And that feels really good. Like a huge accomplishment that I have been able to take it one or two episodes at a time and savor it and love every moment of watching it. Yeah. Little, little example with TV. Um, and what's cool about this too, is that this is a habit, right? It's like, it's not always easy, but it's, it's simpler to start with TV than it is to start with like something really big. I don't, I'm not going to come up with an example, but it's easier to think about making conscious decisions, checking in with consent when that's hard for you, checking in with the body when that's hard for you when it's about something as hopefully non-traumatic as TV, then you can start doing that more in your daily life. And that is what I love to see. Uh, actually, that's something that um, a couple of my clients and I talked about this, this week was, which is technically last week, um, <clears throat> is like practices that we started doing together were new or, and or they knew about them, but like weren't doing them in their own lives which I've been there <laughs> um, sometimes and still there every once in a while. Um, but because we would do it every week or every other week in a session, they started doing it in their own lives. And that, that is, I think my, the moment where I get so happy is when someone tells me I did an inner child meditation, or I checked in with my body this week, or I like, did this and realized I was in this part of my cycle. And I'm just like, oh, yay, it's working. Um, so once you get the ball rolling, it's inertia. It keeps going. You're going to keep checking in with yourself, hopefully, when you can establish that kind of low risk setting. <sighs> There's a lot of things I want to talk about. I don't know why I thought I would get to them all. I want to talk about alcohol, but... Mm, I'm going to save it actually. Um, more to come. I'm going to talk about urgency. That's something I've been thinking about. There's a Life by Alyssa Instagram post, which I love her so much. I would love to have her as a guest. If any of you know her, <laughs> let me know. Um, she does like a lot of highly sensitive people work, which I've just recently embraced being. Kind of always knew, but didn't really embrace it. Oh, which is another thing we could talk about, but not today, not today. 
um she talked about an example of like a coworker sends you an email and they're like stressed <clears throat> and even though it's an email you can pick up on it and you you hear the stress you see the stress and maybe it even like impacts your body and your energy um because I think emails and stuff and texts like I think they still carry energy to the person I don't know we'll see <laughs> any of you know about that that'd be cool to talk about um oh yeah that would be kind of cool to talk about huh um but like you feel that energy when you receive that stressed out email and they're like you need to get this to me ASAP um in my day job um I sometimes get emails from someone and she will like underline and bold and capitalize and sometimes make it another color and there's like all exclamation marks and like a bunch of question marks and I'm always like it makes me feel so stressed out and guilty and then I feel like I've done something wrong and I'm also like, did you have to put five exclamation points and five question marks? Like I would have done it anyway. Anyways, um, she was saying like their urgency or their emergency doesn't have to be your stress. And she was saying, because I think a lot of us hear this, but we're like, I have to answer that email or else like that is my job, right? It doesn't feel good, but I have to do it. Yes, maybe that's true you have to respond right away or like pretty soon, or you have to get that task done pretty quickly, but you can do it calmly. So I think something that comes to me, I'm using email, but this could be anything. I get an email and it's like, Sam, please do this. Um, and I'm like, oh my God, okay. If I don't, I'm going to get fired. Like, and then I just ditch whatever I was doing and jump in and email back or do the task. And I'm like hurried and I'm stressed. And then even after I send the email or whatever, I'm still stressed. I'm still tense. I'm still anxious. I'm still guilty. And then I can't even focus on what I was doing before that. And so what you could do is receive the email, take a slight pause, right? Remember I said, you know, check in with your body, check in with your energy. Blah, 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 blah. That could take you like five minutes at first, right? Because that's a lot of steps. You can do that quicker. You can go five seconds. Okay, what am I feeling? Where do I feel it? Okay, I know how I'm feeling now. And then just take a moment to center yourself. Come back to center. Um, bring your energy back to you. So kind of you've given it to that person who's demanding your attention. Bring it back, hold it, ground it, and then go, okay, I'm going to do that task. And I'm not going to do what I was doing. Maybe even do something with that. Like you go, okay, I'm taking my energy from this task back to me, taking my energy back to this new task that they want me to do or whatever. Um, and then after you've sent it, maybe even taking a pause too. Okay. What's being asked of me? Okay. That's probably going to take me about 20 minutes or whatever. Okay. What I need to do is this, this, and this. Okay. I'm going to do that now. And then doing it. Um, and you might think that the slowness or these pauses will take longer to get to the result that you need to get to when it's like a quick or it like has a deadline. Um, but actually those intentional pauses help you get work done faster. Or, and not just work done. I don't want to be centered around work so much, but help you 
like for this for this example, it works, I think. And I hope you know that this uh, can apply to so many other things. Um, yeah, it, it helps you get it done faster. Um, and then slowly writing up the email, right? Because also, and the email example, again, can be used for anything. But when I'm stressed, I'm like, oh, okay. And then there's typos and I have to go back and fix it. And then I have to reread it. And then I miss a typo because I've just sped read it so much. And then I realize I missed something and I have to send another email. And then I'm hectic and I'm stressed out and I'm chaotic. Um, and then I'm sending that energy back to them who's already stressed out probably. Um, but then just taking your time, typing it out, thinking about what you're writing, taking your time to read it over and look at it, attach the file whatever, and then send it. And as you send it, you're like, okay, that task is done. Let me bring my energy back to me. Hold it even for five seconds. Okay, now what? It could be, can I go back to what I was working on? Do I need a sandwich? Do I need water? Do I need movement? Do I need stillness? Do I need to watch a TV show? <laughs> um, and then being like, okay, I'm going to consciously decide to do this next thing, even if the next thing is nothing. And so that's kind of a, the post was a lot shorter than that. <sighs> but um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I use that in my daily life. Because I feel like we hear these things on Instagram or podcasts or from advice people. Um, and we're like, yeah, cool. Like in a perfect world, I would do that, but I can't do that in my busy life. Um, you can, you can do that in your busy life or even still using the work example. You can probably be 30 seconds late to a Zoom meeting or just a meeting. You can take that 30 seconds to recollect your energy, hold it with yourself and then move forward. You can do this. Let's say you have a lot of errands to do. Um, have you ever done this thing where you, you have to clean your house or like do a lot of household chores and then you just like start and drop and go to another thing and then you realize it's been like six hours and you're not even halfway done or you could just calmly do one thing at a time and get it done in three hours you could your house is now clean it's been three hours four hours but in six hours you've been pacing and you've been too anxious to even start and you've half started everything and maybe you half-assed a bunch of stuff and your house still isn't clean, or, or it took a lot longer to clean. Um, that's, it's mindfulness. It's mindfulness and checking in, asking for consent, and regathering all your energy, allowing yourself to become resourced again with your own energy and your own love. Hmm. I'm going to talk about one more thing, I think, which is going to be I'm going to touch on this and then talk about one more thing. I want to talk about energy, like low energy versus having a lot of energy, like vitality kind of energy, which is the same as energy, but just for clarity. Um, and like maybe burnout and how that relates to burnout. And these are all just things I've been thinking about. Um, and hope will be helpful to you, my love. Um, yeah, so I think a lot of clients, almost all of them, I think all of them, that's, that's interesting, come to me and part of their struggles or something they want coaching or help around um, is feeling low energy 
And they're like, there must be something I can do to get higher energy. And I think what I'm noticing is it's not something you can do to get more energy. It's about what you cannot do or what you can, the low energy things that will bring you a lot of energy once you start doing them. So for example, let's say sometimes you can't change the, the busyness of your life. Like maybe you're a mom or like whatever. You're just really busy. You can't change that. Um, so yeah, obviously like in an ideal world, you would have two hours of self-care time in a day. Boom, like that. And you don't have to sacrifice sleep. Everything so magically gets done and you're able to spend all that time. Obviously your energy is going to improve. Um, but a lot of us don't have that option. Um and I think that's a way to regain energy and like feel like less low energy is to mindfully do one thing at a time. I mean, sometimes you have to multitask, but also consciously multitasking. Even if you're balancing two things, you can be giving this thing your attention, this thing your attention, this thing, this thing, this thing, and still be giving it mindful attention. Or say, I'm going to be multitasking between two different things. Is that necessary? If so, Let's just prepare my energy for that. Okay, let's go. And then we're going to check in after that. Um, I'd say mindfulness is, is a big one that can help you gain your energy. Um, another one is cyclical living. Um, I think a lot of people expect themselves, not because they made this up because of our, our over systems and our work and our capitalism and our patriarchy and our White supremacy and our colonialism, all the stuff we have to contend with, all the stuff. Sometimes it can feel so overwhelming, huh? Um, where was I going with that? <laughs> <clears throat> Those systems can ask us or can enforce us that we have to be at the same pace all the time. And so a lot of that's because our system is based on the 24 hour cycle of hormones from men. Um, but even then, we're expected to operate at noon time, at peak sun hours all day long. Um, and then we wonder why we can't fall asleep at night. Or if we're lunar bodied people, as Kristen would say, we're expected to go straight through like someone with a 24 hour cycle, a solar cycle. Um, but actually we have a week, we have every week, there are new strengths and new weaknesses. Um, but like when we go against those, we experience a lot of friction, I think, a lot of tension. Um, and that shows up in so many different ways. Um, but I think at some point, the friction or the tension builds and it gets to the point where people realize they have to change. They have breakdowns. They, they experience massive burnout, massive fatigue. And that's oftentimes, right, this isn't to replace any medical advice, but oftentimes that's the body giving us, hey, you haven't been listening to me, so I'm going to bug you, and I'm going to make you really fucking tired, so you have to slow down, <laughs> right? And it can get worse and worse and worse um, until we, until it gets to the point sometimes where our body's like, shut it down. <laughs> um, you're not listening to me. <laughs> um 
um, um, the working against our cyclical nature leads to a lot of burnout and fatigue. And even for people who cycle with the sun, um, if you're working at a noontime pace all day, maybe for more than eight hours a day, you're going to burn out. Um, and then having a crowded schedule, like having a, a crowded extra schedule, I think leads to a lot of burnout too. It's not what can you eat. I mean, it is, but it's not what can you eat, what movements can you do, how much coffee can you drink um, so that you can keep up with your fast paced life. Sometimes it's like, I'm going to cut shit out right? Um, that means saying no to social engagements. That means saying no to big parties when you're in your inner winter or when you're needing restorative rest, whenever that is. When you're in your outer winter too. Um, setting a lot of boundaries. Oh, so challenging. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's not about how can I add more to my plate and still feel good. It's how can I either manage this plate mindfully manage this plate cyclically or get a smaller plate or maybe take some things off my plate and give them to my dog under the table. <laughs> um, yes, that's a note about energy and burnout. Hmm. I think I want to, the last thing I'll talk about is self-compassion. I wanted to talk about success and reframing the way we think about success, but I'm going to save that. We have an abundance of time. Isn't that nice? We have an abundance of time that we can use. So we don't have to do it all right now. Someone said something uh, like two months, three months ago in my new moon circle, which I realized I haven't said anything about. I host free monthly new moon circles. The one for March just passed, but there's always April and May and June and July, um, and they're free. Okay, um, so in that new moon circle, a friend of mine said, I've been trying to not allow myself to feel angry because that's like a low vibe feeling. But then I realized there's an abundance of, there's an abundance of room or an abundance of space for me to feel angry. There's an abundance of anger for me to feel or something like that. I love that. That's like, that, that really stuck out to me. There's an abundance of time for me to share with you what I want to share in the podcast throughout my life and your life. There's an abundance of room for me to feel insecure and for that also not to define who I am. I can feel as much insecurity as I want and there is still room for me to feel confident there is an abundance of space for me to feel sadness and grief. And even with all that sadness and grief, there's still room for me to feel joy. It doesn't mean that just because I'm feeling so much grief, it doesn't mean that there's not space for me to feel other stuff at the same time. Um, I, I, I just, really beautiful. And I'm gonna carry that with me, I think for a very long time. I'd love for you to also. Anyways, um, yeah, self-compassion, because I think self-compassion is really at the root of everything. How much power, there is so much power um, in allowing your emotions to just be. 
And maybe that's part of mindfulness is that non-judgment noticing. Um, but when we're being really self-compassionate, we're allowing, we're allowing the anxiety to live. We're not just noticing the anxiety and we're also not like, go away. <laughs> we're not jumping straight to let me work through this or let me get rid of this. We're creating space for allowing. Um, my favorite podcast is Just Break Up. Favorite. Uh, I love it so much. Um, and one of the hosts, Sam, you know I love a Sam, um, says, is like little catchphrases, of course you feel that way. Or why wouldn't you feel that way? It makes so much sense why you feel that way. So let's say I'm really anxious about flying. Um, there's a flight in my future. I'm so exciting, but I'm so scared. And instead of being like, suck it up, girl. Time to get on that flight. <laughs> I might want to get there to be like, I still want to fly. Like I need to push through this anxiety. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but first, like, yeah, it really makes sense why you're anxious flying, Sam. Um, flying is not evolutionarily normal in any way for human beings who are meant to be down here. Um, it is a situation where you're completely out of control. Um, it's bumpy and jarring to your nervous system. You also have to be around a lot of other people during a pandemic. And um, don't go there. And that's really scary. You're also going to a place that's ex like away from your home. Even if it's exciting, it's, it's scary to be away from home, away from your dog, Nora. Unless you just moved. Um, so yeah, like it makes sense why you're anxious. A lot of the times after doing that, the feeling will dissipate a little bit because you're not fighting against it. Just like you're not fighting against your rest or your cyclical nature. Um, the anxiety will be like, okay, that's really all I wanted. Or your inner child will go like, okay, finally I'm being seen again. Um, yeah, that can also come up. Okay, so um, self-compassion doesn't necessarily mean a lack of accountability. Like, let's say I shoplifted this face oil. Oh my God, I'm going to have a little Insta, what is it? Influencer moment. I'm going to show you what it is. If you're just listening, you're like, okay. It's BRC Vegan Skincare, and it's from my friend Robin in Santa Fe, New Mexico, but you can buy it online at by www.byrobincreations.com. It's so good. This is actually, I'm not sponsored or anything. Robin, this is just for you. I know she doesn't really know me. <laughs> um, but like in life, we're all friends. This is the only thing that's ever cleared up my acne in like a real way. Not that acne's bad. Something I'm thinking about, like who fucking told me acne was bad in the first place? Anyways, I did not shoplift this, but that is my, that is the example that I'm going to use before I got sidetracked. Um, this was fun, by the way. I like, should be a YouTuber that does makeup tutorials, except I don't know how to do my own makeup. So I'll need to watch a lot first. Anyway, let's say I've shoplifted this um, serum and I get home and I feel so guilty and I feel like a, a 
POS person and I'm feeling so down on myself, right? I can have self-compassion and be like, you know, you stole that serum, which I didn't, in a moment of poor decision-making. The poor decision-making was something you learned at an early age, maybe. Um, you know, you weren't thinking very clearly. I don't condone this behavior. And it also makes sense why you're feeling guilty and why you're feeling shameful. Um, you did something wrong. You did. Uh, we can think about how to rectify that. But you are not a bad person. Brene Brown says the difference between guilt and shame is that guilt makes you, guilt is I've done something wrong. Shame is I am someone wrong. I am wrong. I am bad. I've done something bad. I am bad. So because you shoplifted this, you're not bad, but you've done something bad. And it's okay to feel guilty about that. Probably good. It shows that you care. So good. Good for you for feeling guilty. But let's move from shame to guilt. And then we can have compassion for that guilt. And then maybe we can think about what we want to do. Do we want to go back to Santa Fe and apologize and return and pay for it? Or whatever, donate money to the shop, whatever. Now do it again. Um, make whatever amends you have to make. And then like once that's over, like, okay, you did the best you could. You did a bad thing. It wasn't super great, but you're not going to do it again. I love you and I'm still here for you. See, you're having accountability in that moment. In this fictitious moment, I did not shoplift. <laughs> um, I've actually never shoplifted. But in kindergarten, I one time stole the letter L from my, um, we like were playing with letters. And then I picked the letter L and I put it in my sock. And then everyone was like, where'd the letter L go? And I was like, very like loudly, I was like, I don't know, that's so weird. And the teacher looked at me and went, yeah, it is weird. And then I got home and I took the L out of my sock and I looked at it like, oh, you're my shame. And then I put it in my um, jewelry box at the very bottom. I remember one time my mom was like, what's that? Or my dad was like, what's that? And I was like, nothing. I won this. <laughs> I said that. I said, I won this at school. <laughs> um, and they were like, okay, like you won the letter L. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> um, in, that, in that fictitious example, um, I stole something. Um, and I'm not, I'm giving, <laughs> I'm keeping myself accountable. I'm deciding to do the right thing and letting myself feel guilt when it's appropriate, but I'm moving away from shame and I'm having self-compassion. And really that's just reparenting, just reparenting, um, being and kind of, I think that helps us separate ourselves from the feelings we're having, right? So it's like, I feel anxiety here. I feel guilt here. I feel like part of me feels anxious about this. Part of me feels excited about this. And if we can start to separate, like we have ourself and then everything else is just parts of ourself or things our self is experiencing at different times. Our self can stay constant like a tree. And then the wind blows around it, maybe like garbage. <laughs> your emotions are garbage. Um, 
garbage comes rolling by through the wind. A tumbleweed would have been better. <laughs> um, and it stays at the base of the tree for a while and it hangs out there and then the wind blows it somewhere else and maybe it comes back and maybe it leaves again. Maybe a similar tumbleweed or garbage comes up um, and it looks like the one that just went away, but it's a little bit different. And then also like while the garbage comes, there's also a flower blooming and that feels good, but also like sucks that there's garbage over here. Um, and like, yeah, but the self is constant, the tree is constant, and things happen around it, and the tree experiences those things at times. This metaphor is getting away from me, um, but the tree is always the tree. Everything else is is flowing and changing and cyclical. You know it's going to bring it back. Okay. I've talked about a lot, talking for an hour-ish. I don't know if it's been an hour, actually. Um, is hard. I think it's been an hour. Tell me. I think this is the longest I've ever done. So yeah, I just touched on a lot of topics and also gave you way too much information about things you didn't ask for. Um, but yeah, I'm out of practice of talking about myself. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for this season of the podcast. Reminder, you can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts almost. And you can also watch anywhere you listen, <laughs> anywhere you watch YouTube because <laughs> it's only on YouTube. Um, yeah, we have a lot of great guests coming up. If there are any topics you want to hear more about, please let me know. There is a way to call in and I've been putting the link to call in in the show notes. So if you ever want to call in and leave a message, you could. Um, you can also DM me or email me. Both of those things are in the description of Instagram, but of the podcast. Um, but my Instagram is at empowered.spirituality. Empowered spirituality was taken. Bummer. Um, yeah, um, just as a reminder, or no, just as an announcement, I think I have a Patreon for real this time. <laughs> uh, I've wanted to start and started and stopped so many times, but this time it's going strong. There are two tiers now. Uh, one is the $5 a month tier. For $5 a month, you get a weekly guided meditation by moi. Um, it's more structured than this. Um, about all sorts of different things, visualization, sometimes just breathing. For $10 a month, you get the same weekly guided meditation and you get a Discord community and you get monthly gatherings. So those gatherings are like live coaching, maybe some embodiment practices, maybe guided meditations, maybe all of those things, as well as bonus activities too. So one that we did was a dance party. We did that recently. And um, another bonus event I'm going to do soon is just a Netflix watch party. <laughs> um, I haven't told anyone that. So surprise, if you're in the Patreon, that's coming. Um, like a drop-in yoga hour, um, all sorts of fun stuff. And that's only $10 a month. And that's in the show notes and it's at patreon.com slash, I don't know if it's forward or backwards, but I think it's forward. Um, like the one that you see most often, uh, slash empowered spirituality. Um, I'm taking one-on-one -on -one clients still. So I'm actually thinking about this what I want to call it, it's holistic health coaching, 
I have my certification um, to do integrative nutrition health coaching. And I blend that with like spirituality and all that stuff. And I work with food and movement and routine, like all the classic stuff you think about health coaching. But I also work on self-confidence and energy stuff and visualizing and manifesting a little bit. Um, stuff like that. Um, so I'm like, maybe it's like transformational coaching, but whenever I hear that, I'm like, mm. but I really feel like all my clients have had such transformations and it's so fun, even just in a couple of sessions. Um, so you can book that with me or request a booking. We do a free call first to see if it's a good fit. I offer a three month and six month packages. The reason I do packages is because it creates a container. Um, because we really do need, and if you really hate it and or hate me, that's fine. Um, I'll just go to therapy about it. I'm just kidding. Just joking. I'm already in therapy. Um, um, but if you really hated it, like we could cancel. Um, so you're not like locked in for life, but um, pretty much we're in a container that's three months or six months. Um, and you can choose and you can also renew, but it gives us the spaciousness and the security um, to get like really transformational stuff done. And I've noticed that myself personally with clients, um, when I was just doing one-off sessions, the transformations are entirely different with the container, like three months or six months. And my coaching program, Institute of Integrative Nutrition, uh, says that there's research to back that up, that six months or three months is needed and is optimal for people's transformation. So science says so. Um, my website is empoweredspirituality.online.com was taken. Um, I think that's basically all you need to know for now. One-on-one -on -one clients, free new moon circles, Patreon tiers, bam, um, Instagram. Um, yeah, I think that's all the updates, all the housekeeping stuff. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Oh, I hate when people say this, but it would really mean so much to me if you could rate and review this. Spotify just added an option. If you have the updated version, you should probably be able to rate it on Spotify and also rate it on Apple if you pretty please could. It would mean so much to me and it also helps support the podcast as well. Um, all right, I think that's everything. I'm so excited for this season, everyone. Thank you for listening to my ramblings. Um, for watching me make little dance moves, maybe too many, um, if you're watching on YouTube. But until next week, have a great time. You can see Nora sleeping. That black blob is her. Okay, thanks everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. If you liked this episode, it would mean the world to me and my guest if you would rate and review this podcast. Um, you can do that on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Spotify actually just created a new option to rate your favorite podcasts. Um, so that would be a wonderful way to help the show grow and also just to show me some support and love. Or maybe you'd like to send this episode to someone you think would benefit from it. 
Um, if you'd like to tag me or my guests on social media or comment on this episode post, you can find me on Instagram at empowered.spirituality. And on that Instagram uh, account, I also share things related to holistic health, uh, menstrual cycle awareness, uh, movement, um, and all kinds of things. So I would love for you to give me a follow over there. And lastly, I am taking clients for one-on-one session work. I offer three and six months programs with the option to keep going. Um, in these one-on-one coaching containers, we really get to do a deep dive of spirituality, if that's something that interests you, or if not, we don't touch it. Um, movement, food, your menstrual cycle, if you have one. And we also really do a deep dive into our intuition and our authenticity. And we also look at things like how much we're consuming alcohol and substances. And we use a really intuitive, flexible framework for approaching these things that we're really taught are strict uh, in our culture. So I'd love to see you over there. My website is empoweredspirituality.online and you can book a free consultation call. But until next time, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next Thursday.